Welcome back to season two of the Prelude Podcast. I'm Maggie. I'm Megan. And season two is focused on how-tos. It'll be topic-specific per episode on how to plan your wedding. Today, we are jumping into how to shop and find your wedding dress. Let's just get into it. A couple of things to know prior to shopping for your wedding dress. These things are kind of crucial that can help shape your actual decision when you're in the salon. The first main one is budget. That probably sounds obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people have no idea what their wedding dress budget is, much less what they cost, their overall wedding budget. They might not even have figured that out yet, so they might not even know like the percentage that they can dedicate towards their dress. And keep in mind, there's a lot of additional costs besides the actual dress itself. There's, you know, veil, accessories, shoes, alterations are usually a bigger expense. There's a lot of bells and whistles that you could add on to the actual dress. So doing honestly just a quick Google, looking at the salon, sometimes they'll list out designers and dresses that they have, looking at designers websites, even just Googling like an average of like wedding dress costs can kind of give you an idea before you even walk into the salon. And it's also, I think this is something that's not really talked about very much, but thinking about like, if you really are sticking to a wedding budget for your, or a wedding dress budget, what is the tax going to be on that? Because once Mm -hmm. you're looking into, you know, those larger numbers, taxes are also a larger number of that person with that percent. So, but there's also tricks around that too, I will say. That's true. Another key thing to keep in mind is how long do you have to order your dress and to Mm -hmm. alter your dress? A lot of designers are over six months and that means between you saying yes to the dress and picking that dress that day in the salon, it's over six months to it getting back to the salon. Yeah. And again, that's just putting it in the door of the salon. That's not alterations, you know, even steaming it and picking it up to get it to your venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would I guess I'd, I'd say like average wedding dress arriving is usually around like six months to eight months even. Like I feel like eight months is not like an out there number. Not to freak anybody out. Yeah. So often when I have couples that have a longer engagement, I still encourage them to do their dress shopping earlier because mm-hmm. you never know if you need to go a couple of times, try on a couple of dresses yeah. before you make that decision. And that just helps you have more options and more time on your side. But if I have couples that have a shorter engagement or haven't looked for their dress yet, I try to get them in mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. And it is possible under six months. Uh, that is definitely something I would when you're making the appointment or, you know, first thing when you walk in to tell your sales associate that this is my wedding date. Now, if they're a knowledgeable sales associate, they'll know which designers, but just to be clear. So everyone's on the same page. That way they can only pull dresses that will be able to be shipped in that amount of time. Yeah. You don't want to fall in love with a dress that, I mean, is just not possible to get in in time. But I I will say like, and I, maybe it's the salons that they have certain relationships with certain designers. I don't really know what determines this because I've never worked at a bridal salon or anything, but I had one, I had one bride who the planning process was a month and a half. The wedding got moved up and she got a Galia Le Havre dress within that time and altered within that time too. And I still like to this day, I'm like, how did you get that dress when it wasn't, it was not a sample off the floor, I believe. So things are possible, but you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely always worth asking your sales associate too. Like if you love a specific designer or specific style, uh, just yeah. Like they might have a connection or they might know, like maybe they have a connection with a different bridal shop and that one has it and it's like a sister shop and they're able to ship it just over to their salon a lot quicker than from the designer themselves. And then the quickest way is to just simply shop off the rack. I feel like shopping off the rack does get a bad rep and there are definitely a lot of cautions, a lot of red flags. Just being aware that it's been tried on by a lot of people, so it's not necessarily going to be in pristine condition. It also might require heavy alterations. Pretty standard 
alterations on our dress are just like adjusting, like tightening, tweaking the bodice, and then cutting the hem because all wedding gowns originally come extra, extra long to help accommodate for, you know, a variety of people's heights. Ask that sales associate if they have an in-house alterations person, get their advice. But most of the time, if it's a couple of sizes off or more, it's not, you're going to have to spend so much money to reconstruct that entire dress and buy material to reconstruct it. It usually almost kind of counteracts the perk of Mm -hmm. like the sale of buying on a rack. And I think some people think that they're just going to get one in the store that's right there and take it home that Mm -hmm. day. And you might. I definitely have had couples that have done that. But if you're, if that's your goal, if you feel like you mm-hmm. need to do that, you need to buy off rack for whatever, you know, valid reason that you need to shop in that way, then just kind of go in knowing that it might be a trickier decision to make. The last thing I would keep in mind before you even step foot in the salon is thinking through your wedding style or your wedding aesthetic. Now, some people, like they let their venue determine their style. They kind of already have a color palette and a style in mind before they go dress shopping. And they may or may not want that dress to also like be a part of that style other people do the opposite they really want the style of the wedding day to kind of be shaped around their wedding dress like they want to be the pinnacle of that design and so I will have clients that will go to the bridal salon picking a dress with a lot more pressure knowing that their dress is going to kind of determine like the color palette and the style decisions and the decor and all of that but either way that you're going in just kind of maybe think through like which way you would want so that way when you're there and you're kind of trying to make this decision of what all these dresses look like on you you already kind of know like oh I already have a color palette in mind and I just want a dress that like looks good on me feels good on me or this is much more of like a big design decision for your wedding Yeah, I kind of have felt that, at least in my experience, I see that more with like the very true boho dresses that look like if Stevie Nicks got married sort of style. And I I love those, but it definitely is a, a specific look, I think. And I think that there's other kinds of dress styles that can kind of be blended between like you can have a really classic dress and still have like the boho flowers and then not have it and have like the mix of both for example but I think that yeah and like maybe a Gatsby like dress or a boho style dress are more where it's like you're gonna be in that lane at least in my opinion yeah we actually talked about in season one on our florist episode about how florists will want to know what your outfit looks like. You know, they want to know your dress, your suit, wedding party outfits, all of that, because that can help them refine their choices that they're making for your flowers. So, you know, similar mindset of if this is such a grounding point of your design decision exactly what you were just saying. Do you want everything to be like a very seamless, cohesive design? Or are you wanting your dress to just, despite the design or the style of the dress, do you want the dress to feel good and fit good on you? Even if it's like a different style than your wedding. And I agree, like I have seen probably a lot of my couples, now that I think about it, don't necessarily pick a dress that's so tight within the restraints of their style. They tend to pick a dress that they like the style of that dress, whether or not Mm -hmm. it like matches perfectly with their day. Yeah. And I think, I think it goes into, we have a note here that says have an open mind. And I've heard a lot of bridal specialists talk about when they see somebody walk in and they say like, this is the dress that I want in their minds. They're like, this is going to be the one that is what you like. And I think it's just because they're so, you know, they see how, you know, a few brides a day, probably, that they can almost like learn these patterns or, you know, it's, I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday where we were talking about, you might want to wear those jeans or that trend, those jeans or that trend may not look good on you. So you're better off wearing something that actually complements like who you are, your body versus wearing something because it's like in or trendy. So I think trying on a variety is going to help you also. And having that open mind will help you narrow down like I 100% don't like this or I put this on and I'm like, wow, I was not expecting this, but this feels like me. So yeah. 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 If you, a lot of sales associates 
that are good sales associates. Even if mm-hmm. you go in with like, here's a picture of the exact dress that I want. I, we've seen this on Say Yes to the Dress on multiple episodes. Like that's such a common reoccurrence of I want this specific dress by this designer. And a good sales associate is aware of We'll try to like filter through what exactly you do like about that dress and even, you know, getting you to try on that dream dress will also be starting to note things about that dress that they can pull from, you know, from other dresses, whether it's the silhouette or the fabric or like certain key aspects. Like I really, really love like long lace sleeves. Okay, that's great. But you can get that with like multiple different silhouettes. And even just having that open mind, I like these key things, but I'm willing to compromise on these other things will probably help you find an even better dress. And what you were just saying, like often what the gown actually looks like on you and on your body may or may not look like the photograph. I mean, we all know they have (laughs) models, bodies, often still not, you know, mid-size plus size bodies Mm -hmm. (laughs) in these wedding dresses. Some of them are also very young, like they, they are probably younger models than they actually look. They may have not fully grown into their bodies for a lot of them. Yes, very young. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they might not have just like womanly curves, honestly. And when you have this extra pressure of like, I want this exact dress in this photo that I'm showing to the sales associate. Mm-hmm. If you don't have an open mindset about actually trying that gown on, And the actual construction of wedding gowns is so much more complex than like an evening gown that you would wear as a guest to a wedding. Uh, There's so much more that goes into the actual construction for the fit, but also the fabrics tend to be a lot different. Where it falls, like the silhouette again, where it falls on your body is likely different than evening gowns. And so if you're not used to wearing a lot of evening gowns, you're not used to getting this dressed up, and then you go in with a very narrowed mindset of I just want this dress it's likely that you're going to try it on and be really disappointed. So instead of going in with that mindset, you can still go in with a dream dress. But then like talk with your sales associate, try to figure out what you like about that dress. So that way that sales associate can pull again with the long lace sleeves example. Okay, let's pull like a couple different silhouettes with the long lace sleeve. And maybe this silhouette is a lot more complimentary on your body. Or maybe this silhouette really goes with like the style and the venue that you already have picked and you're picturing yourself at your altar (laughs) in that dress versus the picture of one that you brought in. And just because you try on a dress because it's suggested to you that you you don't think you're going to like or you don't end up liking doesn't mean you have to walk out with that dress. So there's really no harm. It's essentially just going to give you more reassurance in your decision, whatever that ends up being. Yeah, I guess the opposite end of going in with a very narrowed mindset and a, you know, very picky particular approach. The opposite that a lot of people will do is they'll just kind of go in with no idea. They're very indecisive and they probably aren't great at being honest with themselves. They're kind of people pleasery. They need other people to kind of like affirm and tell them if they look good in it, if it uh, is flattering on their body, if it goes with the venue, if it goes with the style, whatever. And in a similar vein, like you're going to get yourself in a rut if you're not able to kind of have a more honest conversation with yourself, even in real time while that's happening. Now that might be hard for some people. So again, prep some of those opinions or some of that advice to yourself before you go in because it is definitely hard to tune out other people's opinions sometimes if you tend to be someone who takes a longer time to come to a decision on your own. But same thing, that you don't want to walk out of that store spending a lot of money on your wedding dress without really really loving it, with really feeling like this feels like you and it feels like your wedding day. I think that's a really important point to think about as we kind of talk through, you know, a lot of this, but also just as you're doing your own wedding, just shopping and trying on. I think a lot, like I experienced this, there were dresses I thought I was going to like and were what I wanted. And I did like the dresses, but I think there's a difference between loving a dress and feeling like yourself in it. For example, like the dress that I originally wanted just felt too soft and romantic for like me personally just didn't feel like yeah, yeah it just felt too I think youthful you know and soft and I think that's not really my personality yeah so I think that's you know something to think about you don't think about it from that kind of perspective very yeah. often you just see this picture and you're like yeah. oh I love that um but there's there's more to it
I think um, I'm definitely in a lot of ways was not the traditional bride when it came to wedding things in general. I, I wasn't the kind of bride where like everything surrounding the wedding was like the biggest deal. Like that, that just wasn't me. So at the time when I got engaged, I still lived in New York. So my mom wasn't there. All of my bridesmaids except for one did not live there. So I had one bridesmaid that lived in New York. And so... You know, I did not do the whole bring your bride tribe group of girls to go wedding dress shopping. I went wedding dress shopping in New York, mostly except for one in LA that had either that same cut or a variation of the dress that they had by that same designer. And it just really was feeling like that was not my style. It just, I liked it and I liked it on. It just didn't, it just didn't feel like me. And another thing that I kind of struggled with it is that my mom sews. And so I very much struggle with envisioning a dress that is not the right size clamped into place and believing that that's what it's going to look like when it's altered. Because I feel like I have seen that not be exact. Not necessarily in any of the brides that I've had, but just in any kinds of alterations. And I'm just personally, <laughs> I think that anyone who does bridal alterations, we've got a great person, uh, a few great people in Chattanooga who do it. But th- that was just like worry to me. So being in New York, I kind of had, I guess, the luxury of sample sales, like dress designer sample sales being an option there. And so I had found this website that had like lists of like, oh, Pronovia sample sales and Berta Bridal sample sales, all these different things. And in just coming across, you know, wedding dresses on Instagram or whatever it was over years of life, I guess, I had remembered that I'd always liked Berta Bridal dresses and I found a sample sale for there. Little did I know that the the bridal salon that was hosting that like sample sale, it's a place called Our Story Bridal. It no longer exists anymore. They closed during COVID, but they basically were a bridal salon where former brides had either, either sold back their wedding dresses, but they were all like very high-end designers. So brides had either sold back their wedding dresses or they had purchased samples from designers directly that might have been like on the runways or photo shoots, that kind of thing. And they would actually like take note of was it worn in a wedding before or was it a sample, that sort of thing. But that worked for me because what it did, I was just saying, I don't really like alterations. I went to my size looked through every single dress, didn't think about what I'm wanting in my mind. And I just was like, I like this one. I don't like this one. And if I liked it at all, I tried it on. And I think I only tried on maybe three or four dresses there, but I did not walk out with a bird of bridal dress. (laughs) I ended up getting a Panina Tournay dress. I'm probably not saying her last name correctly, but I ended up getting a sample of her dresses that I thought was actually really similar to a Berta bridal dress that I had liked in the past, but it didn't have like the glitz. It was just all lace, but it had more structure and there was just something about it. And that's, what's funny about it too, is because if I had looked up just her name and looked at pictures of her dresses and specialists had suggested trying them on, I would have been like, no way, because I'll be honest, it's, and you know, she's great at what she does. It's not my personal taste, but I loved that dress on the hanger and left the salon, had walked like a few blocks down the street had sent pictures to my mom and my brother. And I just, for whatever reason, had a good feeling about it. And I recently looked at the pictures of trying on dresses and you could not tell from my face anymore. Like it wasn't that moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying. I don't even think I ever tried it on with a veil or anything, but there was just something about it that felt really me. And we did not hem it. We did not alter it at all. But the only alterations really that happened were the one issue it had was that the, what are they called? 
like the in the bra insert that was part of the dress was slightly bent like it was like slightly damaged that was the only thing and so on wedding day like we didn't even prep for it we just I think I brought like a sports bra pad which is a little trick I do with dresses and shirts a lot (laughs) I brought a sports bra pad to kind of just even it out we put that in and my mom sewed it in place on me yeah and that's all we did so I think for me it was kind of a unique situation because I just didn't I didn't want all the opinions except for like my mom she's always going to give an opinion and ask right (laughs) love you mom (laughs) that's not a bad thing it just that's what moms do my brother, he, you know, he's going to always give a very direct, honest opinion. That's just his personality. And then I did not send it to any of my bridesmaids. None of my girlfriends saw it in advance. But I had one guy friend from college and I was like, well, I'll just send it to him. Be like, because I have a long sleeve dress, you know, it was like pretty covered. I was like, is this too much? Sent to him. He's like, I think you're good. <laughs> so I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> but he probably thinks it's funny that I sent it to him. But yeah, that was my experience. And not like the, we're going to drink champagne and all that. Um, of course, sent pictures to my mom at every salon, except for one that actually did not allow me to take any pictures or FaceTime anybody. That was just like a strict policy that they had. So Yeah, but I think like, yeah, I think being able to look at the pictures back and then thinking about it, making a decision, I did end up making my decision pretty quickly. I walked down the street, called my mom and went back and negotiated the price (laughs) with them. So, but yeah, I think that at that point I had tried on so many that it was easier to make that decision. But I think that not rushing would be, you know, just being patient. And you you have to go off what you feel comfortable in. And I think like what what we talked about earlier, what feels like you, like there were other ones that I liked, but it just wasn't me. I think there was one dress that if I had gotten married, like at the Reed house in Chattanooga or a more ballroom styled wedding, I probably would have gone with that because I think it would have been a unique dress that fit that style, but that wasn't what I was going for. I feel like, um, a lot of people fall into, it's just so easy to fall into the trap of not having a clear vision of what you want combined with there's so much noise, whether it's, you know, every time you look on social media, especially while you're wedding planning, all your algorithms are going to be geared towards all these quote unquote perfect looking weddings, dresses, and it's a lot of pressure to like sift through that even just like subconsciously when you're, you know, catching up on TikTok. And then you have potentially people that are supportive that are helping you shop for this dress. Potentially they're not supportive and they're not kind. Um, And then you have your own healthy or unhealthy mindset about yourself. It is a tricky thing about viewing your body when you're getting married. I mean, it's, you, you really have to be in such a healthy, confident place to not have any of the impact of like looking like the perfect bride, you know, like we're all going to get hit with that at some point. Um, there's so much pressure and uh, that's something I would encourage people out there uh, to just not fall into the trap of like feeling like you need to change your body, feeling like you need to please other people or, you know, even if like someone else is paying for the dress or helping to pay for it or whatever, like really trying to listen to your gut, uh, you know, what looks good on you, what feels good on you, what feels like your wedding day. And we, you know, we talk about that in basically every episode of this podcast, but ultimately it's about your love, your marriage, uh, celebrating that. And that does play into what you're wearing and feeling good like you want to feel good whatever that means that that dress or that outfit looks like for you uh when you're you know making out with your partner and getting your photograph taken um instead of just falling into the trap of oh well like you know this person helped pay for it and I want to appease them Or like, this person had a lot of opinions. I hope they like it. Like, do they like it? Are they going to tell me if they like it on the wedding day? Whether or not, you know, all those little things are, they can kind of have some weight and validity and it's just what it is. But ultimately, it just really needs to be about what you feel like and look like on your day for yourself. Yeah. And I think like, 
most people are not going wedding dress shopping by themselves. That's just the reality that seems to be, right? But I think that that's fine. That wasn't for me. But I think it is important to know that it's really hard for somebody to give their opinion without having bias of their own personal style. I think it's really, really hard for people to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think It's something to know and it's also something to consider when you're taking in the opinions of others when you're trying on dresses. And that's probably easier said than done when they're, you know, they're right in front of you as well. As far as bringing people, and obviously, except for the one time you went shopping with your mom in LA, you didn't have this experience. But as far as bringing people, uh, first thing to pay attention to is if the salon has any guidelines. A lot of times they have a limit on how many people you can bring. So Mm -hmm. definitely honor that you don't want to walk into that salon how many did you have the most I would ever have was two okay I did not bring a whole so even though I didn't uh I did do uh one salon by myself I wasn't able to bring a ton of my uh bridesmaids even though a lot of them live in the area with everyone's work schedules because of everyone's work schedules and the fact that I had a six-month engagement I knew there were still thankfully a lot of designers that I could choose from but it was already going to be more limited and then my mom really wanted to make sure that she was there with me I was hoping my maid of honor was going to be able to come into town to do some of that shopping with me and like with her schedule she wasn't able to come into town Um, so I did FaceTime her for a lot of it and then one of my other bridesmaids who does live in town, she was able to come for most of them. So uh, the perk about having one of my bridesmaids though is she was uh, for a long time one of my roommates. Um, And just having that nuance of what you just said of we live together, we've like shared clothes, we've gone shopping together. So many, like so much of our hangout time is like, let's run to Target and buy a bunch of stuff and bring it home and then try it on and see what we like. So I was used to having her see me try on clothes Mm. and tell me if they look good on my body. And I trusted her opinion. Like there's so many times where she would tell me yes or no. And I agreed with her or I would like see, yeah, like I would see a photo of exactly, exactly. So I would say, you know, if you're thinking through who people you want to bring, ideally don't bring people out of obligation. I know we've talked about that as part of your wedding party uh, to not ask people out of obligation. But when you're dress shopping, same mindset. Don't just bring people because they feel like they need to go or you know, you owe them or whatever. Bring people that are supportive, especially if you're limited on time for your engagement or your work schedule. You're like, I only can really dedicate like two different days to go dress shopping. So you're only going to be able to try on, you know, maybe 20 dresses or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Then don't bring people that are going to waste your time. Bring people that are going to help you streamline that decision and be encouraging and be fun. Um, And if they've, you know, helped you try on a bunch of clothes in the Target dressing room, then they probably have a really good insight on what looks good on your body and what they've seen you try on an alpha before where you light up and you feel really confident and they'll be able to see that and notice that uh, for different dresses that you're wearing on the day. So I would definitely try to like stay strong in that decision. And if you need to just tell people like, oh, the salon doesn't let me bring more than X amount of people. People, like I'm so sorry I'll send you pictures afterwards or whatever that's such an easy way <laughs> the other thing is if you're even if you're limited on how many times you can get into a salon again if you go in with an open mindset you know your budget you might know your style all these things is to try to not feel rushed I think a lot of times you feel like I just need to try on a bunch of dresses just like get them on get them off try a bunch of different things and while that's true to an extent if you're feeling frantic and feeling rushed it's going to be harder for your brain to actually go into the mindset where you're picturing what you might look like on the day or picturing you know how does this dress look with you know what if my makeup's fully done and I have a veil and I don't like there's not a veil in the salon that I like and I'm sitting here with my partner and it's you know, our altars in the background or whatever, your photo booths in the background, you know, whatever moment you're picturing on your day. It's a lot harder to get into that mindset when your brain is in more of an anxious mode and in a frantic rush mode where you're just kind of going through the motions. It helps to pause and take a step back, especially if you feel really good in the dress. It seems to be a good fit for what you want. You're getting good feedback. Then just like take a few extra minutes, take a lot of pictures, look at it from a bunch of different angles, walk around in it um, versus just feeling like you have to try on a bunch of dresses in order 
tailored to make the decision because sometimes more is not better. This is also coming from like I tried on probably 100 dresses. So I'm definitely saying this as a hypocrite. Um, but, and, and I ha- didn't, even though I didn't have a long yeah. engagement because I worked for myself, I had a very flexible schedule. And so I was able to go to the salon and get, my mom was able to come to town twice to help me try on dresses. And then, um, my bridesmaid was able, she was very kind and able to take off some work sometimes to come try on dresses or watch me try on dresses as well. So I went to four different salons. One of them was by myself, all local. None of them David's Bridal. They were all just like local boutiques. Wanted to ideally, I mean, with all my wedding planning, I wanted to try to support local as much as possible. Even with finding a dress, even though the dress would be a designer, I wanted to support like a local shop. I drastically changed my style. So I went in, not with a specific dress, but with a specific direction, like specific silhouette and style and fabric choices. Um, I wanted essentially a very like, very tight, mostly like sheer bodice like very like lace not super modest bodice (laughs) and then for it to just be like super poofy but like light and airy and layers and fluffy I wanted it to be very like fairy princess but like soft and but still like sexy and like show my body I wanted ideally like to have a deep v on the front and a deep v on the back I wanted to like show off my body I don't want to hide my body on my wedding day if it had like a slit or if it had you know like I wanted like a long train like I just wanted a lot like I wanted it to feel very I wanted it to take up space I guess And so I tried on, I did try on a handful of just like other silhouettes just to kind of like double check um, silhouettes that like potentially would look good on my body just in case. Um, And then I spent a long time trying on a bunch of these types of dresses and I kept feeling like they looked good on me, but they could just be in any color and I could just be wearing it to any event. It didn't feel like I was the bride and I was getting married. And like in season one, when I talked about, when we talked about our weddings, a lot of struggle I had with my planning was making it feel like my day versus just, oh, this is another couple and I'm planning their day and I'm offering them advice. Like with wedding dress shopping, like I don't, I will happily go if a bride wants me to go, but I don't help them. I just give them some advice and I don't, you know, plan their dress shopping. I really wanted that to feel like it was my day. But then I kept trying on dresses that I felt really good and I felt really pretty. They were really fun and they felt like me, but it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like a wedding dress. Exactly. Like there was probably like three-ish that I kind of kept coming back to and kept looking at pictures. And I was like, I want this to click and it's not clicking. And then I was like, oh, well, am I just expecting to have like a say yes to the dress moment where I'm emotional? and I'm crying and I'm like picturing myself getting married yeah and I am not like I'm not a person that functions out of my emotions or out of my heart first I function out of my head so I shouldn't have that pressure anyways like I'm likely not going to have that moment so then I went back one more time to Monica's and I tried to verbalize this as best as I could to Allie and was like here is what I like out of these dresses here's how I feel out of these dresses Mm. run with it and she did such a good job of like pulling she was like these are all gonna look like hanging up on the hanger they're gonna look very different than what I've pulled for you in the direction we've gone but I'm pulling these things because they have these qualities that you like so we ended up going in a very different direction and I ended up with it was a lot more like um it was like a modern drop a line so it still has like a really tight top I was I had like deep v front and back so I was able to like show off my body it didn't have sleeves it was very classic very like it still had a long train it still was like a modern romantic dress but very like classic silhouette it was a dove satin so it was like a lighter satin um and then it had like a giant bow on the back which is just hilarious because I am obsessed with it and I am just not like I was not a girly girl I'm still not a girl and so it's just funny that I ended up picking a wedding dress that like has a giant bow but it has all of these qualities that like made me feel like a bride and looked good on my body and the fabric like I loved the fabric just a bunch of little things that I liked about all the other dresses even though if you put pictures of them side by side you wouldn't think that they're similar dresses if that makes sense but I love it Earlier, we talked about, you know, your wedding budget, you know, all those sorts of things, that the alterations may not always be thought about as part of that. So I think that's something that's important to think about and to also know that 
most wedding dresses do not come with a bustle. They're actually sewn in alterations and that there are a few different methods of how they sew them. Sometimes those methods are blended. Um, there's like an American way, a French bustle way. I think yours was a French bustle just looking at the pictures of it. Is that cracked where it was like underneath with ribbons or either like buttons versus like pinned on top? American, they're like... Initially, I was actually going to have my dress still unbustled for all my first dances. So I was like, I'm really not going to care about these photos. And so we just did like whatever we did (laughs) to like ensure. I did tell them, I was like, I want it to stay. I don't want to deal with coming off the dance floor because half of it broke. Like I want you to do it in a way that it's going to be secure. I know. (laughs) I'm like, from from the pictures I saw for some reason, and I think it's also because when you have more of like a satin or crepe, they're usually underneath. But you're bringing up a good point because I actually don't like my dress being bustled. Like looking at the photos, I didn't love it in the salon, like when they're, you know, showing what it would look like and how it would fall. And I do wish it had been something I had taken a few extra moments to like really review the different bustling options um, because I ended up switching on having I chose to have my dress bustled before my first dances and then all of our sunset pictures it was still bustled and I wish I had like stayed unbustled or like unbustled it like run a steamer over it really quick or whatever for the sunset pictures because there's like they're still really sweet pictures but I just don't love them as much especially any of the ones where you see the back of my dress especially because I ended up getting like such a low back with the giant bow on the back of my dress and I just love that so much I feel like I feel like my back looks really snatched and like my body looks really good and then when you have it all bustled exactly it's like oh it kind of like ruins it um But yeah, so it's such a good point that you're bringing up. Like in a lot of different fabrics, you can have a couple of different options. And so that's worth asking in your alterations. Like, can you show me different options? Are these options more secure? What do they look like? And then if you have people there with you at your, I recommend bringing someone to your alterations at some point, especially if you like trust their opinion. If you don't, then go by yourself, but then get them to record doing it show like how the alterations person show you because like us as planners you know we've helped bustle a ton of dresses um, and we know a bunch of different ways but it really helps to have like a bridesmaid or a mom or a sister whomever who's actually helped bustle in the salon and like you have a video reference because sometimes there's just like a specific thing that might be a little bit unique about your dress and that's just helps it be more efficient too there has been the last few years the dress trend of like the detachable skirt or sometimes it doesn't have to be bustled underneath. Some of them do. But that is something like if you're getting your dress from the salon, chances are even if there's such minimal alterations that have to happen based on like all the measurements, you're still going to need your bustle to be created. And know that you can kind of have a little bit of wiggle room on how you want the bustle to look too. I think that's something that we don't think about all that much. Like sometimes we think about like they just do the easiest way, but like if you've got like the beautiful satin or crepe dress, like it can look layered into a specific way if you choose to have it sewn that way. So I do want to make sure to touch on if this is not your first wedding, this is not your first time dress shopping, honestly, whether or not you've actually had a wedding before, you could have gone dress shopping before for different reasons. Um, Or even if you guys did like a ceremony, like a courthouse wedding, and now you're having like a bigger wedding, exactly, and you're wanting to go dress shopping for this as well, um, what are some tips that we can go through to advise you if you're like, well, I've done this before, I've worn a wedding dress before, I know what I look like in that one, maybe there's bad memories associated with it. I will say, so I've had, I had a bride who was engaged, did not get married. And then I've had a few friends who have been engaged and have called off the wedding and had already bought their wedding dresses. Whether or not this is a known thing or not, they have actually chosen to still wear that dress when they did um, walk down the aisle um, and have, I think, had no regrets because they just loved that dress so much. That dress wasn't necessarily tied to that person. It's just more tied to their wedding day one day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But I think, you know, each situation 
is going to be so unique to each person and the people getting married, I think, with that. But I think that if you are ever in that situation where you do end up calling off the wedding, there's plenty of online sites. Like, I think one is called like Still White um, of like all dresses that people have chosen either not to wear because they just changed something and it was just not the right dress for them anymore. And they're trying to sell them um, or you know, someone's purchased it and then has not gotten married and they just don't want it anymore. So there's like options if you ever, ever wanting to sell a dress in that scenario. But yeah, so if you're, I guess, wedding shopping or wedding dress shopping for the second time, I think you're probably doing it in, you know, there's probably a few years, most likely in between those times, maybe not, but maybe so I also feel like your options are going to be different, like styles might be different, even if they're somewhat similar or, t- you know, timeless. And you're also probably going to have grown, matured and are a little bit older, which might influence your decision on what you are wanting as well. Right. I think it would be so easy to just kind of have it be a competition in your head, um, especially if there are not good memories associated with the first wedding um, or the first relationship. And it would be so easy to be like, oh, I want to go in a completely different direction. And that's valid. That's a very valid, understandable desire. But at the same time, if the first time you picked a dress that like looks really good on your body and maybe like, again, maybe your body is the same, maybe it's not, but you found one that like feels really good. It feels like you. I would almost advise to like not be scared to pick a similar dress. Maybe don't pick the exact same dress. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't do that naturally anyways. But if you are shopping for a dress that's like a similar design, a similar style, silhouette, and you know it's going to look good on you, that doesn't have to mean, you don't have to put that extra weight behind that decision if you don't want it. Like, if you're like, this dress is good on me, I don't care that it looks similar to the dress I had in my first wedding, then great. And if that does really bother you and you can't get out of that headspace, then just go in a different direction. You know, I would say from what I've seen, from what I know about most body types, you're going to fit into more than one just silhouette really well. You're going to be attracted to a certain style or two. It's not going to be like, oh, I can't look in this direction at all like you're gonna you're gonna find something and that's also something to think about with your sales associate like maybe tell them and show them what your other dress looked like so that way whatever you like or don't like about that dress your sales associate can help you know filter through and bring people again bring people that support you only bring people that support you especially if you've done this again Like, don't bring someone that's going to waste your time. Yeah. And I think, like, (laughs) this is maybe a a weird perspective, but a guy getting married for the second time, there's only so much variety that he can probably have. Might be different shoes, different colored suit or tux, slightly different cut, but it's all going to be similar. So I think it's, like, not something to allow yourself to get in your head about as much, you know? Right. Unless, you know you're the the groom that has like a hyper custom like completely designed suit exactly you're going to still be picking between a couple different cuts a couple different colors how formal how informal whereas with gowns there's just so there's just an almost an endless amount of options out there and it's going to be overwhelming whether it's your first time shopping for a dress or not it's just overwhelming it's just the nature of it but it should still be fun and exciting I don't think that should take away it's all it's a new chapter you know and it should be fun if this is your first time dress shopping all of these different pieces of advice that we're offering ultimately if you're honest with yourself if you're trying to find something that feels like you you're going to have more fun because you're trying on wedding dresses even if that's a little bit of an anxious thing for you to go do and it's anxiety inducing for you to go try on these dresses um you're still trying on a bunch of wedding dresses i mean how often do we get to do that in our lives I mean, even trying on one that you dislike is like, should, should still be fun in some way, you know? Yeah, that's, that's actually a tip I've read before. And it only works again, if you have a bunch of time on your side, but if you're able to go to the salon a good couple of times and you have the mindset to not get caught up in it, it's 
almost a good thing to intentionally try on a silhouette or two that you do not like just to double check because helping to decide what you don't like is still information that your sales associate can use. You know, like if you're super, you're like, I hate mermaid silhouettes. I've always hated them. Whenever I see someone that gets married in them, I'm just like, why would you choose this? And you try it on, it could completely affirm that. Now it could, you could try one on and your body could look amazing and you could feel so good in that mermaid silhouette. And that might open up a new direction for your dress shopping. You never know. But you could also try it on and be like, this is ugly. I hate it. Get it off me. And then it's definite that you do not try and under dresses like that. And that helps you make your decision. Right. It's interesting because it's kind of like, I think this could go hand in hand with like designing or choosing an engagement ring as well. Maybe that's a good thing to talk about at at some point too. But I think that like we have this idea, this really goes for anything that has to go do with the design, I think style process of like, Weddings, engagement rings, wedding dresses, what bridesmaids are wearing, groomsmen are wearing. You might be on Pinterest. You might be on Instagram and have saved over the years like, oh, I like this. I'll save it. And so then you have this idea of what you like and what you want, but you don't necessarily have the pool of like everything that's out there. So the more open-minded you can be about looking at all of the options and being like, no, I don't like it is probably going to help you narrow down more. And you might realize like there's something that's maybe new, more modern, but still is something you're going to love in 10, 20, 30 years from now that you would have not come across had you not gone through that like full process of really exploring and and, and trying different things on, whether it's engagement ring, a wedding band, um, you know, all of that. So, and, and the truth is, I think, like, the reason I say that is because there's constantly, like, in technology, there's constantly new innovations, right? But in jewelers, uh, jewelry, dresses, fashion, like, there's constantly new inspiration and innovations that are kind of, like, providing all that and you may have found this one dress that you love and it could be a photo from like five ten years ago that's repurposed and just gets a lot of traction but it might be from like x season of that line versus like here's that dress that that designer took and then this is like the new version of what that dress evolved to as well right all of these fields all these industries are a craft yeah it's like a artwork so that comes with like a Exactly. A bunch of artists, a bunch of designers, constantly pushing the boundaries, constantly trying to put their spin on something and speak into this conversation that already exists. And a lot of people don't necessarily care about that world. And so they don't pay attention to it. You know, they just see pretty pictures on Instagram or Pinterest and that's fine. But considering that it is a craft, it's a very tangible craft. It's very different than something like photography or even like social media marketing. Like those are very intangible in a lot of ways, but when you're in a salon holding a dress, wearing it, like that actual fabric, how it feels on your body, how it needs to be altered to your body, all of those, the nuance of like the material and the structure uh, is something that goes into consideration for all of these designers and their teams. Um, And it's just such a, like a, a tangible thing. And so there's going to constantly be innovation, changes, um, that, you know, part of the reason why trends come and go because it's like all these designers are pushing on this conversation. I feel like the easy, the easy uh, reference that I feel like a lot of people will understand is from Devil Wears Prada, where Miranda goes on that whole spiel about the cerulean blue. And like it starts with her talking about the, the two belts and how they look so similar. But, you know, for these people that this is their whole life, this is their craft, of course, they're going to notice all these details and how that trickles down. Right. The fact that that influenced this, right? Like you may go to a bridal salon and you're not getting like the $15,000, $20,000 dress. Maybe you are. But what you may learn is that that dress may be inspired the one that you're trying on that's $1,500, $2,000. And yeah, so I think like all that to be open-minded, let things be presented to you, even if you don't like it to help narrow down because you may see something you've never seen before and you're like, wow, I love that. So yeah, an important 
aspect or thing, I don't know what the right word is right now, (laughs) to just consider and take away once you have made the decision of, of choosing and purchasing your wedding dress. And I kind of feel like this is beating a dead horse, but don't continue to search, look, or follow wedding dress designers, salons after that point. Because I think that at the end of the day, if you made the right decision and you are seeing other dresses, you should still be happy and content and sure about the decision that you made. But we all have different personalities. And for some of us, we might be the kind of person who's always like, oh, did I make the right decision? I saw this, like, I do like that. What does that mean? You know? So I think it's definitely good and kind of cliche to stop following, stop being influenced, so to speak, on that area. I think like this could honestly go even for flowers. Stop following anybody besides the florist that you decided to go with because there's got to be a reason why you chose that person or that that forest or you know but any right and especially if you are already going to be competing with people that are sharing opinions that are uh unwanted (laughs) you did not ask for opinions and advice and they happily share them anyways if you're already competing with that why would you add in even more like uh argument for changing your decision or insecurity or whatever and I actually try to have this mindset about my life in general but I try to have a mindset that takes away regret and what I try to do is you know we we make decisions with however much information we have um and when you made the decision to buy that dress to pick that dress for your wedding day you had reason for it Especially if you're, you know, going in, finding something that feels like you and, you know, whatever advice that we're offering, whatever advice that you read out there that you take from friends, if it's sticking true to you and you make a decision that's like a good, genuine decision, that's a perfect dress for you, you might get a bit more information. You might see a picture of another dress. You might have someone tell you something, but it shouldn't lead to exactly what you're saying. It shouldn't lead to, oh no, like I made, did I make the wrong decision? I don't know. Like I didn't see this one picture. But just go back to when you were standing there in that dress, feeling amazing, feeling confident, picturing, you know, getting married to your partner, and you did make a good decision and just stand in that. Yeah, I mean, I think all this goes to speak that these are just like tips, mindset to help you have hopefully the best experience that you can have when it comes to choosing a dress. It's not really the easiest experience, I think, like there's a lot of, or we put a lot of pressure on ourselves on finding the dress. I have had some brides who are like, I don't prioritize this. Like this is not a priority. I think any dress is going to look good and they don't want to make it this big, difficult thing, you know? Um, But I think just like having patience is, you know, probably one of the best tips there can be patience and make the decision for yourself. And that's it. Yeah. Make any of these wedding decisions for yourself. Or I guess you and your partner. Make them for your day. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But thanks so much for listening to our first episode of season two. And be sure to follow, subscribe to learn what our next how-to is. Bye. Bye.